live from Bravery Studios here in New Jersey. It's another episode of Game Face, brought to you by JLM Sports. It's your boy, Face, and uh, let's get right into it. We got a few topics to cover today inside of the world of sports. Uh, the first thing we're going to do, uh, and we got to get right to it, uh, is this whole Colin Kaepernick uh, NFL thing, uh, the workout uh, that was scheduled for Friday. Uh, Kaepernick does not show up. Uh, he actually uh, decides to move uh, the workout to a high school location. Originally, the practice was supposed to be at the Atlanta Falcons uh, facility. So a half an hour before all these NFL teams were invited, all 32 teams were invited. I think 24 teams or something like that were supposed to show up. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, uh, half an hour uh, before the, the workout begins, decides that he wants to move it about an hour away to a high school facility in Atlanta. Okay. Uh, he's taken, of course, a lot of backlash for this. Uh, the media has killed him. He's selfish. Uh, it's another money grab. Uh, it's, and um, I look at it like this. There's, the NFL is wrong. There's some things they could have did better. Uh, there's some things that he could have probably done better. I feel like Jay-Z, who's involved in this, if you guys didn't know by now, uh, Jay-Z, the entrepreneur, mogul, mogul and rapper, who, uh, according to um, TheBlaze.com, actually pressured the, NBA, uh, the NFL into meeting with Kaepernick, to setting up uh, this workout for Kaepernick. So... Uh, Jay-Z is involved, heavily involved in this. And for me, two things. One, if Jay-Z did set this up, is there some way that he could have gotten contact with Colin Kaepernick? There's no reason why him and Colin Kaepernick shouldn't have been able to get in contact with each other. If Kaepernick had reservations about the NFL, because as the story is coming out, Kaepernick did not trust the NFL to handle this thing, okay? He wanted his own people, his own media people recording this, recording the tape to be distributed. He wanted the actual media, the mainstream media, to be there, present during the workout for the NFL teams. That's something that the NFL did not allow. They did not want that. So that was the first disagreement. That was the first X. That was the first... Also, Kaepernick wanted his own wide receivers. He had no idea what wide receivers would be receiving the ball from him. So that was another issue. He requested that information from the NFL. They never got back with him as far as it's reported. They never got back that information. All right? Now, a lot of people out there, a lot of reporters, a lot of analysts will sit there and say, well, you know what? He was given a second chance or a third chance or whatever. He has no standing, okay? If the, whatever the NFL wants to throw out there for him, he's just going to have to take it. I completely disagree. I, I completely disagree, okay? Like I said, this guy has been blackballed by the NFL for three years. What right does the NFL have, or, or what right does anybody have to say 
that he should just go along with what the NFL dishes out. He was blackballed for three seasons, three whole seasons. Colin Kaepernick was blackballed, and he's supposed to trust the NFL, really, after they blackballed him and continue to lie about it? We all know why he does not have an NFL job right now. He does not have an NFL job because he chose to kneel in protest during the national anthem. We all know this. Why was he protesting? Against the violence, the police brutality and violence against African-American men here in the United States. That was his right. A lot of viewers, a lot of NFL fans did not agree. They were pissed off, and the NFL lost a lot of viewers. Not enough to go bankrupt, because we all know the NFL is a money machine. I mean, they print money. But they did lose. They lost viewership. And they're in the business of making money. And this is why, this is why he was blackballed. They're not going to tell you that. They don't need to tell you that. Actions speak louder than words. So why should Colin Kaepernick be in a position to want to trust the NFL? Why? You tell me. They've blackballed me for three whole seasons. They've taken money out of my pocket. They've lied about it through the media. They've destroyed, tried to destroy my character. Why should Colin Kaepernick trust the media, uh, trust the NFL? Why? You tell me. Now, here's the thing. Jay-Z is put in a position, okay? He's pressuring the NFL to set up this workout for Colin Kaepernick. But as an African-American, okay, and Jay-Z comes from the streets. He might be a mogul now and have mad respect and he's credibility and all that. But Jay-Z should know or should figure out how Colin Kaepernick looks at this. Somebody should have crossed wires. Somebody, somebody's representatives should have reached uh, somebody else's representative or, or uh, uh, spokesman. There should have been a conversation, whether it was text, whether it was over the phone. Kaepernick and Jay-Z, I feel like, before this, this event even happened, this workout happened, should have gotten contact with each other. So whatever grievances that Colin Kaepernick has distrust that he feels toward the NFL, Jay-Z is there to say, hey, look, man, I understand, bro. I understand. But I talked to them. I smoothed things out. This is what I got. This is what I tried to get for you. This is what they gave me. These are the parameters. And, you know, if there's anything else that you want, maybe I can try to get it for you. You know, uh, but... I just feel like there was there was not enough communication between Jay-Z, Kaepernick, or Kaepernick and the NFL. Now, keep in mind, it's also reported that Colin Kaepernick didn't know about this till Tuesday. The teams, the NFL teams, all 32, did not know about this till Tuesday. And the workout was supposed to be on Friday. So Kaepernick had no idea. So this was something that was done behind the scenes with Jay-Z. So once again, Tuesday till Friday, you got what? Three days? 
I mean, to tell me, you know, with all those connections and, and stuff, somebody should have reached out, either Jay-Z or Kaepernick. Maybe Kaepernick didn't know that Jay-Z was organizing this thing or was behind this or had pressured the NFL to give him this second chance. Maybe he didn't know. But you can't sit here and tell me. I can't listen to the media, the mainstream media, and say and hear them say, oh, uh, he just blew his chance. We'll never see him again. He's ungrateful. This was a money stunt. You know, this was a publicity stunt on his part. I don't know what all Colin Kaepernick is thinking. We don't know. We're not in his mind. But he has every right, every right to not trust the NFL. If I'm out there, if I'm in his position, if I'm Colin Kaepernick, right, and I desperately want to play for the NFL, I'm trying to get reinstated. Why would I want the media there? the mainstream media there, if I plan to just go out there and blow smoke? Why would I want real wide receivers? Why would I would want to know who am I throwing to? Unless I'm taking this seriously. And I think he did take it seriously. I think he just did not trust the rules, the NFL. And like I said, why should he? He wanted his own people to record that session, that workout and distribute it to all 32 NFL teams, which eventually he did. After he left the main facility, the Falcons facility, and went to the high school, he worked out for about 40 minutes. His people recorded it. And then within 24 hours, as recorded by TMZ, it was distributed to all 32. They sent a letter was sent out. My bad, a letter was sent out to all 32 NFL teams saying, this is my workout tape, and I strongly want to be reinstated back into the NFL. And I'm open for any, any personal workouts. He wanted to do it on his own terms. But as far as it's been reported, Jay-Z is the one that pressured the NFL to open the door for him. Jay-Z is the one that did that. So after uh, Kaepernick moves the workout and he takes it to the, the high school facility in Atlanta. Uh, the NFL, of course, says they're, they're disappointment. They're disappointed. And then Jay-Z, according to uh, the, the blaze.com says uh, Kaepernick turned it and turned, obviously turned this into a publicity stunt. That's what he did. He turned the opportunity into a publicity stunt and that he's disappointed in him. And this is what's reported that Jay-Z made this quote. So, you know, once again, this all started with Kaepernick, Eric Reed, and I'm going to get to him in a minute because he needs to shut his big mouth. I'm going to get to him in a minute. But this all started with Colin Kaepernick standing for something, something that he believed in. Everybody might not agree with it, Everybody might not agree with the platform, you know, during the national anthem, during the NFL game. You know, Tim Tebow did the same thing for abortion, and he was granted a hero. You know, 
Everybody was, you know, it went viral. You know, everybody was doing the Tim Tebow. I'm Tim Tebow and doing the Tim Tebow kneel. People were kneeling. Nobody cared that he was doing it during the, the national anthem. But that's another debate for another day, people. It's another debate for another day. The point is, this all started as a movement, as a message. And now we have Jay-Z who now speaking out against Colin Kaepernick instead of them, the two of them being together we have Eric Reed, who was another player in this if you don't remember Eric Reed, he's another one who protested now he's also opened his mouth and has something to say about Kaepernick saying he's basically an opportunist. He doesn't want to play football. He's just out there to make money. Who is Eric Reed? First of all, who is Eric Reed to sit there and call Colin uh, Kaepernick an opportunist and that he doesn't want to play or that he should, he should basically go along with what the NFL uh, has laid out for him? Remember, Eric Reed in 2018... Last year, when Eric Reed came back, right, he used to play for the 49ers, and he signed with the Panthers, Carolina Panthers, okay? When he came back, this guy got tested, tested for steroids and dope or, or whatever after the game seven times during 11 weeks. So during an 11-week period while he was playing football, right, as soon as the, the, the gun went off, boom, time expired off the cop. And he comes running through the tunnel. They had a cup waiting for him. Say, hey, my man, you got a meeting with the cup. Seven times. Who gets drug tested seven times in 11 weeks? <laughs> you tell me. Who gets drug tested seven times in 11 weeks? Only maybe people who are, you know, former drug addicts. Maybe, you know, parole, stuff like that. I don't know. I'm not familiar with that, with that or, you know. But who does that? So it was obvious that the NFL was trying desperately, trying desperately to catch Eric Reed on something. They were trying to catch him on something. Why? So they can muddy his name. And he complained about it. And the same guy that he's having beef with right now, Stephen A. Smith, now they're having a Twitter war. So now Stephen A. Smith is involved. We got all these black men arguing and beefing with each other. They defended him. Stephen A. Smith, myself, which I wasn't on air back then, but, but we all know what was going on. And that's how dirty the NFL was. That's how dirty the NFL is and can be. So Eric Reed knows this. Do you understand? He knows this. He understands this. So if you couldn't trust the NFL, why should Colin Kaepernick? That's what I don't understand. Why are you blowing off on him? Colin Kaepernick has every right to distrust the NFL. 
If he wants his own people there to make a tape, then let him have it. The NFL can make their tape, and his people can make their tape. The NFL doesn't have good history with tapes, by the way, as we all know. <laughs> we all know, for those who are watching or listening to this, they don't have a good, a good record, a tapestry with that. Remember Spygate? Remember those tapes that was being held on by uh, by the commissioner, by Goodell? What about the Ray Rice tape? Remember that? Remember how that tape was just floating through the NFL, <laughs> NFL headquarters? It's going from floor to floor. But just happened to miss Commissioner Goodell's office. He just happened to see. He's the only one in the building that didn't see that tape. So the NFL doesn't have credibility when it comes to tapes. So if I'm Colin Kaepernick, I have every right, every right to be skeptic. And the media is looking at this one way. I don't feel like they're, they're looking at it both ways. Sometimes you got to look at both sides of the coin. You have to. The NFL's, you know, they got their foot in the dirt, or they've had their foot in the dirt with this. You know he's being blackballed because of that. But as far as him, oh, he's trying to make money. It's just a money grab. It's just money. Well, you know what? So what? So what? For three years, he was blackballed. He was blackballed. If he wasn't blackballed, don't you think he'd be making an NFL salary right now? You think he could play for the Chicago Bears? And Mitch Trubisky, who's stinking it up? What about the Washington Redskins? And Dwayne Haskins? Love how he stunk it up yesterday. So you're going to sit there and tell me that Colin Kaepernick would not be playing in the NFL right now? Who are you kidding? But he doesn't have a right. It's a money grab. He's just, he's just trying to make money. You're damn right he's trying to make money. Once again, him and Jay-Z, I just wish if, if Jay-Z's behind this, Jay-Z pressured the NFL. I just wish that him and Kaepernick could have just, just crossed wires and could have talked or communicated before this thing went down on Friday. So Kaepernick could maybe explain to him, hey, look, you know, I don't trust these guys. Uh, you know, bro, I appreciate it. You're looking out for me. You know, I appreciate the opportunity. But, uh, you know, I need to know who my wide receivers are. What if I go out there and throw a pass and, you know, they got guys dropping passes I'm putting right in their hands. How do I know the NFL didn't set me up for that? I mean, it's messed up to say, but you don't know that. You don't know that. And maybe that's why he wanted the media there. Because if I'm out there and I'm making the throws and I'm performing and the media sees it, they're a witness. But if the media is not there, how do I know what the NFL is going to push out? How do I know? You don't know. You don't. 
And that's why he wanted the media there. Maybe that's why. Or maybe. Or maybe that's why he wanted his own people there. Maybe that's why he wanted his own wide receivers. Now, the one thing I do disagree with, where he messed up, is like I said, it's, it's you know, both sides. It's both sides here. You have to be objective. Where he messed up, or where I don't understand is, why the hell is Nike there? Why was Nike at the workout? Now, if you're just there to work out for the NFL teams and see if you can get a spot on the roster, why is Nike there? I understand Nike is your business partner. He does commercials and ads. Okay. But I never knew that, that Nike was, was in the business of, of being an agent or representatives. So what else was reported that Nike was there and that they were going to take some footage and make, you know, make a commercial, make an ad. That's what makes him look bad. That's what really makes him look bad. It's not even so much him moving the workout for me, but then having Nike there. And the NFL, as, as reported, they didn't know that Nike was going to be there till the day of the workout. So Nike contacted the NFL and said uh, Kaepernick gave them permission to be there to film the workout, to make a potential ad or commercial. And the NFL actually agreed to it. The NFL said they didn't have a problem with it. But once again, why does Nike have to be there? And that's the problem. That's the problem that I have. So now when the media comes out and says, oh, it's just a publicity stunt. He's just trying to make money. He's trying to make a commercial. He doesn't care about football. You know, now you're giving him a legit reason. Because there's no reason for Nike to be there. The only time Nike should be there is after you sign a contract. After a team takes you and say, you know what? Sign the ink. Put your John Hancock here. Then you bring Nike in and make your commercials. Oh, the comeback and you never give up and this and that. However you want to do it. But there was no reason for Nike to be there at the workout. Now, once again, I don't have a problem with him trying to, you know, fill his pockets. He's been blackballed. I have no problem with that. But for that workout, for that opportunity, there's no reason for Nike to be there. I'm sorry. I just, you know, I, I think that was the wrong move on his part. Wrong move. Like I said, him and Jay-Z, if Jay-Z is behind this, Jay-Z... And Kaepernick should have, I mean, at least communicated. Maybe Jay-Z wasn't allowed to communicate with him because of his, you know, contract or, you know, business arrangement with the NFL. And, and that's the thing with Jay-Z. When Jay-Z got into this, this pool with the NFL, and you see a lot of African-Americans, he got a lot of backlash. I refuse to criticize Jay-Z. I have to wait. And see results. I have to see what Jay-Z does before I criticize him. It's only fair. 
Am I right or am I wrong? The number is 862-621-9536, by the way. Sometimes I get caught up in this. But you have to give Jay-Z a chance. Because nobody trusts the NFL. At least from the African-American point of view, after this mess. And Jay-Z was labeled a lot of things, a sellout, an Uncle Tom, and I think that's unfair. Because Jay-Z has done a lot of things behind the scenes. A lot of things. Donated money, equipment, planes, all, all kind of stuff, man. Him and Beyonce. So I wanted to wait before I judge Jay-Z. Now Jay-Z is, you know, by making these comments, he wanted to be a publicity stunt. Whether you agree or not, from a black perspective, I'm pretty sure a lot of African-Americans are probably not going to be happy with that. I don't know. Because he's siding with the NFL. He's siding with the man. He's not looking at things from Kaepernick's point of view. And that's why I just wish there was some type of connection. And maybe they did connect. Maybe, maybe it will be reported later they did talk or text or whatever. I don't know. But the NFL, Kaepernick, and Jay-Z, this should have been ironed out before Friday. Or at least before that workout on Friday. And like I said, as far as Eric Reed, bro, please worry about the Panthers. Don't worry about Kaepernick. We don't need no more black on black crime or black on black beef, okay? We really don't. You guys are supposed to stick together with this. That's how you make change, you stick together. Now everybody's at each other's throats. Stephen A against Eric Reed. Eric Reed clapping back at him on Twitter. Jay-Z against Kaepernick. And what the NFL doing? The NFL just sitting back. Continue to make their money. So, like I said, the number is 862-621-9536. We're already blown a half an hour with that. Uh, the next thing we're going to get into, uh, look, I'm going to be real, try to be as fast as I can with this Miles, Miles Garrett helmet uh, uh, situation. Uh, look, when it happened on Thursday night, the next morning, all I heard was how Miles Garrett assaulted uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, Mason Rudolph. It was an assault. I uh, was probably looking at time in prison. Uh, he should be banned from the NFL for life, this and that. Uh, now, I don't know if we can bring that up on the monitor. Uh, but, you know, if you look at it, you know, Mason, you know and, and I don't know if you – I mean, Mason Rudolph is not backing down from, from Miles Garrett. Now, you see the blow. You see the blow by the helmet. Then you see the kick in the head. But look at this. Now, he goes down. 
He's trying to pull off Garrett's helmet right there. He tries to take off Garrett's helmet. Garrett gets his helmet in return, and, you know, I'm bigger and stronger than you, so I'm going to pull your helmet off, gets it off. Okay, but look what, what, look what Rudolph does. He gets right back up and goes after him. He goes after him. Why did he do that? You know why he did that? You know why he did that? Because he lost his temper. He lost his temper. And if you can see the hit again, and that was a, a, a flush, flush blow to the forehead, and I don't know what Rudolph's head is made of, to be honest with you. I mean, I've heard of having a hard head, but, you know, and he's lucky. He's, he's very lucky. Both him and Garrett, they're very lucky. But once again, you see Rudolph goes after him. And in the minute Garrett hits him with the helmet, he throws the hands off. Like, oh, I can't believe you did that to me. Well, why don't you stay here behind, over on the sidelines, or away, while your offensive linemen were trying to control him, trying to go control Miles Garrett. And let me make this clear. Garrett is completely, completely wrong for what he did. Completely wrong. And he's lucky. Like I said, he's lucky. I mean, you cannot, you cannot go around hitting guys, players in the head with helmets. You can't do it. But why did he do it? Why did he do it? The same reason why Rudolph got up and continued to go after him. He lost his temper. He lost it. The passion of the game. He made a mistake. And he's lucky that mistake didn't cost him big time. Now, he's suspended indefinitely, Garrett. And you know what? He deserves it. I agree. I agree. Because I've heard, oh, well, uh, he should get a timetable and, you know, he shouldn't. No, let him think about it. See, this way he has to think about it. He doesn't know when he's going to be able to play the game that he loves to play. So we know he's not going to be playing for the rest of the season. If they make the postseason, he's not going to be playing, which I doubt the Browns make the postseason. But we know he's not going to make that. He's not going to play. And he might be out for maybe four, four, six games next season, for the 2020 season. And that's good. And, and that was a good job by the NFL. So I give kudos to the NFL for that. Because that was a good job. And Rudolph is not pressing charges and all that. Because all, you know, because it's a clutch the pearls moment. Everything is a clutch the pearls moment now. Especially with social media and all this stuff. Anything that happens is, is like the biggest news, the biggest thing that ever happened. Everything is breaking news. You ever watch CNN? You ever watch CNN or MSNBC or Fox? Everything is breaking news. The president just pulled up in a limo. Breaking news. He just, Everything is a big deal. After I saw the play, I said, you know what? Yeah, he deserves to be suspended uh, indefinitely. He needs, he needs some time to think about it. He needs a timeout. With all this, you know, he's a thug. You know what I'm saying? He needs to be kicked out of the game. Lifetime ban. Exp you know, uh, come on. Let's relax. Let's relax with that, okay? Let's relax. He dodged a bullet. He made a mistake. He manned up after 
He came. He manned up. He met the media. And he said, I was wrong. That's not like me. I've had a clean record. And he has. I mean, Miles Garrett is, if anything, has been known for somebody who doesn't have a high motor, who sometimes is not motivated enough. So it's not like, you know, you have a history of Garrett, you know, any shenanigans. So uh, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. It's not like Albert Hainsworth. For all of those, all of you, all of you sports fans who remember Albert Hainsworth or NFL fans, you know, Albert Hainsworth was just a, a bad person. He was just god awful. I mean, he just he purposely tried to hurt people and end their careers. He had incident after incident after incident. He used to play for the Washington Redskins, and before that, uh, I don't, I can't even remember. Who cares now? He's irrelevant. But Miles Garrett has not had a history of doing things like this. So, look, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. We all move on. The Browns win. They've got well, they've won two games in a row. Of course, nobody's talking about it because they're the Browns. This is what they do. You know, they won the week before and nobody talked about it because uh, Baker Mayfield. There was an incident where he told the fans they need to shut up or be quiet while we have the ball. Is it that big a deal? No, but it's Baker Mayfield. He always has something to say. So instead of talking about the wins, once again with the Browns, we're talking about something negative, a circus atmosphere. And it'll be something else next week. It'll be time for maybe Beckham or somebody else to do something, wear a twenty uh, a billion dollar watch or or illegal cleats, or shoes. Or they'll 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 come up with something. <laughs> the Browns. Like they've done everything this year but win. And that's something they've done the last the last few weeks. So uh like I said, the number is 862-621-9536. Uh I can't make this up. Uh but moving on, uh so we'll try to go uh, I'm gonna try to go local here. Uh we'll go around the league. Real quick, uh, of course, I'll start with the Jets. Look, not that big a deal for me. Washington is just god-awful. I mean, they've actually gotten worse. And Dwayne Haskins, uh, he's got a long way. He's going to have to go a long way to prove to NFL teams that he's, a, he's an actual NFL quarterback. Okay. But remember what I said in my first two episodes about the talkers, and I said this about Baker Mayfield. And ODB, I said this about the Browns, okay? Big talkers. Big talkers. Talk is cheap. It's cheap. Talk is cheap. The only thing that matters is performance. That's the only thing. And Haskins had a lot to say on draft night. After the Giants took Daniel Jones, he had a lot to say. A lot to say. Oh, I'm going to make the Giants pay for this. They're going to regret the day they didn't pick me. They picked Daniel Jones over me. I'm going to make it my lifetime. You know, I'm going to dedicate my life to hurting the New York Giants. I mean, he's basically, uh, you know, Khan from Star Trek, you know, the, the wrath of Khan, basically. But hell's heart, I stab at thee. And I mean, he was, I'm going to make him pay. And 
Now, Rush, maybe you need to learn the position. And he doesn't have a lot of help there in Washington. Bad coaching staff. <laughs> I mean, just no talent on the offense. Uh, you got an agent, uh, Adrian Peterson. It's just, uh, they're just a disaster. And I told you about that owner, Daniel Snyder. I tell you, as long as he, he runs that team, they're not going to win. It's a shame. The Washington Redskins are, you know, a classic organiz a class act organization. They used to be, you know, and yeah, you know, it's just a shame. This is really a shame. But uh, the Jets, hey, you, you take them. How you can get them? A win is a win. You know, Darnell threw four touchdowns. Uh, he made the one mistake. Which was a, a terrible throw, a habit which he has got to get out of. Stop trying to make something out of nothing. And a lot of young quarterbacks do this in the league. They just do. They always try to make something out of nothing. Just throw the ball away. Get rid of the ball. And live to play another down. Uh, but other than that, uh, you know, allow Powell. It's finally being used in the offense. We were wondering where he was at. They got the tight end, Griffin, who, you know, they might have discovered something there. They're finally using the tight end instead of just going four wide. I mean, and the Jets just beat a team that's worse than they are. That's what you're supposed to do. They beat the Giants last week. We all know about the Giants, but we'll talk about them next week after they match up with Chicago. They're on a bye. Thank God. But, you know, the Jets did what they had to do. It's not that, not that big a deal. Not, not that big a deal. I'm not high. I'm not, I'm not low on them. You know? They beat a bad team. Washington is the worst team in, in the NFL. You know? But sometimes we try to make more of it. And as far as Adam Gase, hey, he gets to live. He gets to live. They get a couple of more wins. Yeah. Maybe his job is safe for another year. That's the bad thing. <laughs> That's the bad thing you take out of this. You know, you want the team to win, but at the same time, you want the coach out of here. So that's the bad thing. Uh, but the Jets now have three wins. So, uh, hey, kudos to Donald and uh, the defense. And then I, I don't need to hear from the defense about, you know, uh, after the, the two Jet turnovers, you know, we decided we were going to take it over and we'll handle it from there. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Washington stinks. Haskins does not have a clue. That kid does not have a clue. So, you know, just, just you know, relax. And the Giants last week had three-fifths of their offensive line missing. Okay, their starting line of missing. And that's why you had six sacks. Jamal Adams is playing excellent. He has six sacks on, on the season. That's excellent. Excellent for a safety. Because you got giant, uh, players on, on the Jets' off, uh, defensive line and the Giants' defensive line that are nowhere near six sacks. I don't even think they have three sacks. So, but once again, it's a good win for the Jets. Uh, you know, we'll see next week when they play the Raiders. The Raiders are six and four, very under the under, under the radar are the Raiders, and the Raiders have a chance to actually win. Uh, the AFC West, thanks to the struggles of Kansas City. But the Raiders actually have a shot, so that's a game that the Raiders are going to want to really want to win. 
So we'll see what the Jets can do. We'll see. We'll see if they can, you know, turn their season around. They're not going to make the playoffs, but, you know, uh, we'll see. Not like they're going to catch the Patriots. And the Patriots, by the way, um, last night beat the Eagles 17-10. to And so the Patriots go on the 9-1. and and the Eagles are, what are they, 5-5 five and five now? So they're a game behind the, the Cowboys, actually a game and a half behind the Cowboys. And, uh, look, Carson Wentz did not play well in the second half. Let's be honest. Now, I've defended Carson Wentz earlier in the season. There were a lot of drop passes from his receivers. But during that last drive, when he had a chance to tie that game and stick it in the end zone, there were guys wide open, and he was missing them. You cannot miss guys wide open. I mean, they were not just open downfield. They were open in the flat. I mean, there was nobody within five or seven yards of these guys, and he was missing them. And you heard the boo birds. There were some boo birds out there because it is Philadelphia, by the way. So, and they did not hesitate. That was a terrible job by Carson Wentz. Terrible job during that last drive. Terrible job. And kudos once again to New England and Bill Belichick. Well, after giving up that 10-point uh, lead, they were down 10 nothing. You saw him on the sideline, on the sidelines, with that defense surrounding him. And you saw him getting into them intensely. Very intense. Very intense. And making adjustments. And that's what makes him a great coach. Is he the biggest jerk in the world? Yeah, he is. Biggest jerk. But I tell you what, arguably, I have to agree, he may be the, the greatest coach ever. The ability to make adjustments on the fly and shut down what the Eagles were doing. It seems like only Bill Belichick can do that. So the Eagles are a game and a half behind the Cowboys. Uh, speaking of the Cowboys, they went to Detroit and beat Detroit. Uh, look, Am I going to go crazy? I, I've, I've said this before on the show, so I'm not going to beat. <laughs> Look, the Cowboys beat bad teams. That's what they do. Okay? When they face a good team, they lose. They play a bad team, they win. That's all I have to say about the Dallas Cowboys. Okay? Has Dak Prescott played better this year? Yeah, he has. I will admit, he's played better. I know he was, he was offensive player of the week last week, but look. Are, are we really, really, really buying the Cowboys? You know, are we really buying the Cowboys? They beat the Giants twice. They beat the Redskins. They beat the Eagles, who are 5-5. Five and five. That's four of their wins. <laughs> so, I mean, who, who have they played? The Lions are under 500. The Lions are now, what, 3-6-1. and one. So who have the Cowboys played? So, uh, And plus, that division is not over. If Wentz can turn it around, because the Eagles have a, a very easy schedule. Remember, they haven't played the Giants yet. The Cowboys have. The Cowboys have played them twice. So they have not played the Giants yet. So, And the Eagles own the Giants. That is my, not my personal nightmare. I've experienced this for years, for decades. The Giants just cannot beat the Eagles. So nothing, I don't see anything changing this year. So they play the Redskins, they play the Giants twice. They got some easy games on their schedule. 
Cowboys still got to play the Patriots in New England. They got to play Chicago. So, I mean, their schedule is a little bit tougher. So, uh, I wouldn't count the, uh, the Eagles out on that. Other games, the Vikings came back and won 27 to 23 on a game where they were losing 20 to nothing by halftime. They come back, they score four touchdowns. Uh, great win by the Vikings. Terrible loss for the Broncos. Uh, yeah, the Broncos desperately need a, a quarterback. Who are we kidding here? You know, Elway's got to figure something out up there. They need a quarterback. Defense is not bad, although you know they gave up the, you know the four TDs, uh, three touchdowns by Cousins, who's been playing very well. I have to admit he's been playing well. I'm still not sold on him. Still not sold. Still not sold on him. In a big spot, it's a good team, but. I mean, you have to give it to him. Ever since they had that little powwow with his receivers about having to throw the ball deep and make big plays and the offense has to do better, you know, he's responded. So um, good job by the Vikings. Uh, like I said, the Raiders, they're 6-4. and four. They beat the Bengals. The Bengals, uh, who are still winless, they're another team that's under the radar. The, the Bengals are so under the radar that they have no wins and nobody has even noticed it. Nobody's ever noticed. This is probably the first time I've even mentioned the Bengals on this show. That's how under the radar the Bengals are. And nobody, nobody's even mentioned it. And they have no wins. The Bengals. No wins. The Bengals and the Raiders, they're, they're so under the radar this year. So under the radar. So... And it looks like they might be in the, the sweepstakes for a quarterback, uh, Joe Burrows, the quarterback out of LSU. Uh, because we all know, if you haven't heard, Tua uh, had a very, uh, very bad injury, uh, dislocated uh, his hip, dislocated the, the socket from the hip. And, you know, when he started talking about Bo Jackson, you know, that injury started to relate it to the Bo Jackson injury. That's not good. That's not good. And Bo Jackson was the greatest athlete I ever saw play. Just pure athlete, Bo Jackson. You know, and he was never the same after that injury. So Tua, of course, uh, his junior year is over. He'll have to make a decision whether he wants to enter the draft or not. And a team, an NFL team, is going to have to decide whether they want to take a chance on him. You know, because 9 out of 10, he's not going to play in 2020. There's a good chance he won't play. Maybe he does, but I don't know. And the whole tanking for Tua, which, well, you know, which the Miami Dolphins seem to be doing, see, this is why. This is why the whole tanking thing, <laughs> you have to question it. Because if you were tanking to get Tua, now what? If the Bengals go undefeated, they hold that one spot, they're going to take Burroughs. Oh, I don't know. Maybe Tua will decide to play his uh, senior year. And stay at Alabama because of the injury. Who knows? And who knows how it will work out? Uh, but we just hope that the kid uh, has a full full recovery, uh, you know, and things things work out. Uh, the Falcons, the Falcons have won two two in a row. They beat the Panthers twenty nine. Uh, I can't believe this twenty nine to three. Kyle Allen, who looked like a Joe Montana his first three or four games, and people were, were running Cam Newton out of town. 
you know, including myself. I'm not going to lie. We were just running Cam Newton out of town, basically. And he's on IR, so you don't, you don't have to worry about him for the rest of the year. But now, I mean, Kyle Allen has just regressed. I mean, you talk about, about <laughs> Austin Wentz. I mean, he, I mean, he was just bad yesterday. Four interceptions. His first three or four games, he didn't throw any interceptions. Not one. His last three games, he's thrown like nine. <laughs> he's thrown like nine or ten interceptions. I mean, he is stinking it up. I mean, how do you figure that? I mean, how is that possible? I mean, you cannot make this up. So now, now you got to think, you know, hmm. You know, what type of era are we going to usher in next year? You know, is the Cam Newton era really over? Or, you know, is Kyle the real deal? So, it's amazing. In Atlanta, I tell you what, good job by them. And I'm going to tell you why. A few weeks ago when their owner called them out and addressed the media and addressed the fans and apologized and said that they were, you know, evaluating the team and that they were going to make whatever changes that they needed to make for next season, that team has responded. Atlanta has responded. So good, good job by Atlanta. And maybe you say, well, they'll just, they're just playing for their jobs or whatever, but at least they're playing. They're competing. Because we all know Atlanta is better, better than what their record was. We all know that. Were they a Super Bowl team? Were they? No. But we all know Atlanta was much, much better with the talent that they have on that team. So good job by uh, Atlanta. They win two in a row. Uh, the Saints, good rebound because they lost to Atlanta last week, which I was shocked by. Especially them losing in uh, New Orleans. Uh, but good job by the Saints. They rebound. Uh, they beat the Buccaneers 34-17. Uh, uh, they're having a long, <laughs> it's a long season down there in Tampa. <laughs> Very long season. With Bruce Aarons, uh, just, you know. To me, I personally never saw what was the big deal about Aarons. That's just me. I'm not saying the guy can't coach. I, I'm just saying, you know, everybody, like, kind of anointed him the, the next big thing. You know, like he won Super Bowls or, or he's been to Super Bowls. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Winston, who knows? Who knows what, what his future uh, is there as quarterback? I don't think it's um, – I don't think it looks too bright, though, or too promising. Uh, so the Buccaneers, uh, they go down to, to the Saints. And uh, the Ravens just continue to be the Ravens. I mean, they just, uh, right now, they're the best team in the league. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, did anybody think Lamar Jackson would be this good? I mean, really? I mean, he throws for, what, three or four touchdowns? He rushes for touchdowns? I mean, I mean he's just amazing. I mean, look at the stats. Lamar Jackson, passed for 224, threw for four TDs. Okay, and how much did he rush for? He rushed for 86 yards. <laughs> so he had a total of over 300 yards, people. 300 yards as a quarterback. Who does that? Maybe Mike Vick back in the days, you know? Maybe. But who does that? But here's the thing. 
and this is not taking anything away from Jackson, Lamar Jackson, but you have to give Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, and that organization credit. They built around him. He has an excellent offensive line, something that I've been begging for the Giants and the Jets to do for their young quarterbacks and for Eli when he was in there. But it all starts from the trenches. They play good defense, solid defense. You know the Ravens are always based on defense, so you know they're going to play good defense. But they brought Jackson in into the same system. They surrounded him with the same system that he ran in college. So they didn't try to change him. He's just refining himself to the NFL level. That's all he's doing. He's refining his game to the NFL. But it's the same game. They didn't try to change him. They put the pieces around him that he needed to succeed. And that's something that we're not seeing here in New York with the Giants and the Jets and down in Washington with Haskins. But they've done an excellent job. Give Harbaugh and them so much credit. And as far as the Texans, look, Deshaun Watson, look, for me, that's really the only difference. Maybe not as much talent and the offensive line. That offensive line is horrible. I mentioned this a few weeks ago. About, tex- uh, about the Texans. I mean, he has no time to throw the football at all. It's like a jailbreak every time he snaps the ball with Deshaun Watson. So they had a very, very long day. And you knew it was going to be a long day when they got jerked on that call, which was obvious, obviously pass interference on Hopkins. He got tackled in the end zone, <laughs> grabbed it, and tackled, and there was no flag. And then they challenge it. Check this out. This just shows you about the NFL and, and this system so far. They challenge it. They put in this rule where you can challenge pass interferences, and they still didn't get it right. And it was so obvious. <laughs> I mean, this is textbook pass interference. If anything is pass, if, if, if anything is pass interference, it was that. I wish I had to show it to you. We could have prepared it, you know, have it for you on the show. But, I mean, he basically tackled the guy. They challenge it, throw the flag, and then New York comes back and say, no, no. It's, the, it's confirmed. No pass interference. So that was a very ominous sign for the, for the Texans. Very ominous sign. Very, very ominous. Uh, so tonight uh, we have, what do we have? The Chargers and Kansas. Kansas City needs to get on a roll. Okay, they need. They got Mahomes back. Kansas City, Andy needs to get that team on a roll. Okay, and like I said, the Raiders right now are poised to win that division. But Kansas City has got to get on a roll. They have got to get back on track. And Mahomes has he has to do it. It has to be Mahomes. He has to be the one because that defense isn't stopping anybody. <laughs> that defense is that defense is god awful. So, oh, boy. But that's what we have tonight for Monday Night Football. Uh, quick note, anything else going on uh, locally? Uh, boy, how about the Knicks, the local teams, the Knicks? I tell you about the nerve, the nerve of Steve Mills, you know. And Dolan was the one that did this. He's the one that called the code red, by the way. Okay. But to call out David Fisdale, basically, and embarrass him in front of the media after a game last week and say that this team isn't performing the way they should be performing or is underperforming, 
But who the hell put the damn team together? It wasn't David Fisdale. You're the one that put this team together. You're the one that uh, put a team together with nothing but a bunch of forwards, mid-level forwards, like Portis and etc., and no perimeter players. The Knicks have no perimeter players. They have no shooters. This game is played on the perimeter. So you put that team together, and now you're blaming him? Oh, you can't make this up. Can't make this up. And good for David Fisdale for clapping back. Clapping back. Say, hey, I'm a grown man. I don't need nobody to tell me how to run the team. I know what I'm – good for him. As far as Pozingas, the Knicks have three wins. Two of them are, are at the, the expense of the great and legendary unicorn, Christoph Pozingas, who uh, had a chance to stick it to the, the Knicks and their fans at Master Square Garden the other night and showed up very, very small, very small. And pretty soon he won't be showing up at all. Because he will be, he will get injured. I'm telling you right now. He has a history of it. So I'm just letting you know, Dallas Maverick fans. You know, that train is always on time with Bazingas. So, or carriage or horse or whatever. You know, he's a unicorn, whatever they do. But um, yeah, that that's always uh on time with Bazingas. Uh so uh that'll do. For today's show, we're running out of time. And uh, thanks for watching. It's your boy Face. Peace out.